Good morning and welcome to Sunday School at Second Baptist Church. I'm glad you could be with me. We're starting on a new study today, and this is um, going to be the book of Job, which is in the Old Testament, right after Esther, the book of Esther. Um, if you don't have the new Sunday School book, there are some available if you want to come by the church and pick one up or um, call someone and, you know, we can bring you a, a copy if you would like to use the student book. But if you just have your Bible, then you can follow along because I try to stick mostly with the scripture and not really with the book. And so we can do that and you'll be fine. Um, in talking about Job as an intro to the chapter, my book said um, that we have the idea that good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people, and that that's the way it's supposed to be. And when something bad happens to a good person, then it's a shock for everyone. And in Africa, we experienced the same thing where Africans always felt that there is a cause for everything that happens. And so if, if a person died prematurely, for example, there had to have been a reason for that, not just that they had a heart defect from birth that nobody knew about and then they had died but that there was a reason for it. And that is their worldview. And our worldview is somewhat similar in that we, you know, we might always feel like um, if something bad happens in a family that there must be a reason for it. That's not necessarily the case. Sometimes things just happen. And we, um, we see that with Job. Now, Job... Um, I have heard some debate in the past about whether Job was a real person or not, you know, whether this book was written kind of as an example for us, almost like a, um, a parable might be, you know, that you, you read it, but you, you know, it's not real people in the, in the parable. Um, but I, I looked in, um, Ezekiel, there's a place in Ezekiel chapter 14 and verse 14 where Job is referred to by God and when he's taught he's giving the prophetic word you know for Ezekiel to say and it says there I'm just gonna read a little part of it even though these three men Noah Daniel and Job were in its midst by their own righteousness, they could only deliver themselves, declares the Lord God. So they're talking about um, a country being destroyed or, or a city being destroyed. I'm not sure. But God refers to Job along with Noah and Daniel. So he's referred to there as a, having been a real person and not, you know, a, a parable or, or anything else. So we're going to just take that at face value that Job was a real person and that 
um, these things really did happen in the way that it says. So I think to start off the the chapter, even though our our book um, begins the focus on verse eight, but I think I'm going to just read this first seven verses because it gives a background of Job and who he was and his um you know his wealth and things like that. There was a man, so this is Job chapter 1, verses 1 to 7. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless, upright, fearing God, and turning away from evil. Seven sons and three daughters were born to him. His possessions also were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and very many servants. And that man was the greatest of all the men of the east. His sons used to go and hold a feast in the house of each one on his day, and they would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When the days of feasting had completed their cycle, Job would send and consecrate them, rising up early in the morning and offering burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, Perhaps my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. So, this sets the stage then for what we're going to uh, find in the next uh, really weeks ahead as we study Job. Job was a very uh, wealthy person and you notice that in addition to his family you know being listed here he has possessions of sheep, camels, oxen and donkeys. It reminds me of um, the Fulani tribe in Africa who count their wealth in the possession of the cows and sheep and things that they have because they are nomadic and so they their bank account is those cows and sheep and so um, in Job's case he also had a house and he was a settled person but he had his possessions here of all this livestock. He was the greatest of all men of the East. And then it talks about his children. And he had the seven sons and three daughters and the seven sons would each hold a feast in his house and then the next one and the next one and the next one. And then when all that was over and they had all done that, Job would go and he would make sacrifices for his children um, in case they had done something wrong during that time. You know, it, I, it, I don't know, you, you think, okay, were they doing wrong or was it just that, that he was being extra careful, you know, to be sure that honor was given to God for everything that his family was doing um, so that, that we could 
we could talk about parenting and, and all those things if we wanted to, but let's don't. We'll go on. Um, and so then we jump to the, the next scene. And it says there was a day that the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And I did a, quite a bit of reading on this because obviously we talk about the Son of God, Jesus, and God um, gave his only begotten Son, his one and only Son. And so this says the sons of God, you know, so that may cause confusion for someone. But generally, the, the things that I read and everything say that the, this is referring to the angels. Um, those, you know, those who were, um, who came forth from God, you know, and were, and they're calling them the sons of God in that way. So the angels were created by God and, and also Satan was one of those angels that was created by God. And so as the angels came to present themselves before God, Satan mixed himself in there and also came along with them and so God says to Satan or the Lord says to Satan from where do you come and then Satan answered the Lord and said from roaming about on the earth and walking around on it and you know Jesus um, mentioned that he saw Satan fall from heaven you know there's a there's that verse that we referred to at some point along the way and then there's another verse where it says the devil roams around like a ravenous lion seeking who he can destroy. So certainly he roams about the earth um, trying to destroy God's people, trying to bring down anything that glorifies God. And you know, if, you, if you're not doing anything to glorify God, then the devil may leave you alone because you know he has nothing to to worry about but when you're doing something that glorifies god then i think sometimes the devil works overtime to try to discredit or destroy you or your family or um the thing that you're doing the activity because he knows he feels that if he can destroy that person or that thing then somehow he's getting back at God when actually, you know, what's going to happen to Satan has already been planned, hasn't it? It's, it's already written in the books, even though the end has not come. And so let's begin then to read in verse 8, and this first little section is verses 8 to 11. The Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. Then Satan answered the Lord, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge about him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But put forth your hand now and touch all that he has. He will surely curse you to your face. Okay, so 
I had to really dig on this word um, considered where God says to Satan have you considered my servant Job and I did I went to the you know the Hebrew dictionary and the and the concordance and everything to try to figure out more about the meaning of that particular word have you considered because the way we take it as Americans is almost like uh, the Lord says you know consider my servant Job in other words why don't you why don't you pick on him <laughs> but that's really not uh, I don't think what was said because this word considered as it's broken down to the you know into the way that the real meaning comes across is an idea of something being put on something else and it's like it's like Satan has from the reading that I did Satan has put his eye on Job if you might say it that way in other words he has considered Job or he has ordained or appointed Job to be the one that he is bringing up you know is, is being talked about so when God, when the Lord says have you considered my servant Job we might say it in the way of are you considering my servant Job or are you putting uh, yourself upon my servant Job you know to to do something and then um, he says have you considered him because there's no no one like him on all the earth he's blameless upright fears God and turns away from evil so this is the Lord speaking to Satan and saying you know this is this is what I think of him and so Satan answers back to the Lord does does Job fear God for nothing in other words he goes on to say you've made a hedge about him and you've helped the bless the work of his hands his possessions have increased and all that so what Satan was really saying is Job is following you and doing all these things he's blameless and upright and fearing God and turning away from evil he's doing all those things because you've blessed him because you put this hedge of protection around him and you've blessed him and you've prospered his possessions have multiplied and all that that's the only reason he's doing it is what Satan was basically saying and so he says if you put forth your hand you know and touch what he has he will surely curse you to your face so Satan is saying the only reason that Job is following you God is because of what he can get out of it and truly there are some people who might uh, become active in religion I'll say because of what they could get out of it we see that sometimes but when tough times come this is when our real faith in God is revealed and refined and made stronger but but revealed you know and and what what do we say true colors start coming out when a person is put under pressure 
And so this is what Satan said. You know, if, if you take your hand, um, put your hand against him, basically, put, your, put forth your hand and touch all he has, he will surely curse you to your face. And so let's read on to verse 12 now. Then the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not put forth your hand on him. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord. So God said, Okay, you can, you can have permission to test Job or to touch the things uh, that he that belong to him but you can't touch him you can't um, you can't put your, put your hand on him so this is a point that gets um, is important to make you know that all of us are under the protection of God day by day and we're not stronger than the devil you know on our own power only by the power that God gives us are we able to resist temptation or to do right or try to live a blameless or an upright life or to glorify God or any of these things it's only because God um, you know his spirit lives within us that we have the power to be able to do those things so anything we do that's good and um, glorifies God, it's because of God. It's because of his power working in us. And so the Lord has said to, to Satan, you know, the things that he has, you can touch those things, but you can't touch him. And I'm sure Satan was delighted because he thought he was going to prove this point that he had made that Job would curse God if if his things were taken away that his possessions that the the basis for his belief in God or his supposed belief in God was his possessions that he has okay so now we're going to read verses 13 through 17 now on the day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them, and the Sabians attacked and took them. They also slew the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another came and said, the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said the Chaldeans formed three bands and made a raid on the camels and took them and slew the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. So, these three very bad reports have come one right after the other right after the other you know as fast as possible uh bad news is coming in and you know i guess if if satan has set his mind 
on Job now. He's doing everything he can all at once to uh, bring Job down and to bring him to the point of renouncing his beliefs or of cursing God. And then let's continue on in reading verses 18 and 19. While he, the previous, was still speaking, another also came and said, Your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and behold, a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they died, and I alone have escaped to tell you. So even his children now, all at once, all ten of them have been wiped out. Um, the house fell down on them. So these things that have happened were unusual, though a raid by the Chaldeans or a raid by the Sabians, maybe those things would not have been as unusual. But then fire falling from heaven maybe lightning or some other fire but you know it could be that lightning struck and killed all of them at once or something like that and then this great wind like a tornado or something came and hit the house and it fell down so all of these bad things have happened at once and now what is Job's response? So this is going to be the first response that we see. And we'll see week by week. We'll see other responses. But this is the response in chapter 1. And so I'm going to read verses 20 to 22, which will finish out the chapter. Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head. And he fell to the ground and worshipped. He said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Through all this, Job did not sin, nor did he blame God. So, Satan did not get the response that he wanted, did he? Because Job, first of all, he did these two things. He tore his robe and he shaved his head. Both of those are a sign, you know, in the Bible, in the Old Testament particularly, of distress, of humiliating yourself, of, um, of a mourning or something like that. You know, great distress in your life that you would do these things. And then following that, he fell to the ground and worshipped God. And the statement that he makes is, you know, where he says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will return. Uh, and the, the Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So Job had the perspective that all of the things that he had, all of his possessions, were things that God had given him, including his children. And now, for whatever reason that Job... I'm sure doesn't understand because he doesn't know this conversation has taken place. So for whatever reason that Job doesn't understand, those things have been taken away now and leaving him with no possessions and no children. And 
instead of doing what I feel like almost anyone else would have done and, and begin to say, what did I do to deserve this? Or woe is me, you know, God has turned his back on me or whatever. Um, Job takes this approach to say that, you know, all the things I had were God's already. He gave them to me. And now he's taken them back. I don't know why, but he has. But blessed be the name of the Lord. So the Lord is sovereign in Job's life. The Lord is has done a thing that Job does not understand. And yet, um, Job is going to leave that with God as to why it happened. And so, this is really an example for all of us. You know, I work every day with people who are very concerned about their possessions the possession of a house or the things in the house the possession of a factory or the things in the factory um and all those minor details that we have to work out about who's going to get what and what's going to be left whether the fridge is going to be left or it's going and whether it was working right or it wasn't all of those things are possessions and if we can have the perspective that God has given us those things and if he chose to do so he could take them away or they could break or rust or what does it say uh, where moth you know destroys or whatever if we could put those things in perspective for our lives really we would save ourselves a lot of stress because um, we don't worship our possessions or we should not we worship God and as long as we have God then we have all, we have everything nothing else matters you know except that so thank you for beginning this study with me and we'll continue we'll pick it up and go again uh, next week I look forward to studying through the book of Job together